All right, my boy, we back, man. You know, been a, been a busy week for us, man. Been a busy, busy week for us, man. But uh, we gonna get into all that. Yeah, man. We gonna week. get into all Good that. Week. Yeah, Good yeah, week. yeah. Interesting week. Very you know. interesting, interesting week. But we gonna get into all that. But yeah. yeah. So welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Reduce Lunch Action Sports News Desk. You know, I'm your man's one more time, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. And it's your man Black back for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back one more time. So much to get into today, man. We're we're you know NFL, NBA, college football playoff. Florida State University, WWE, UFC 245, uh, just a lot. High school sports uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County. Just a lot to get into today. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Like I said, we've got a lot to cover. So we've been doing our new segment, Black, uh, our top five, man. And um, it's been going pretty good, man. We've been getting some fan interaction and everything. Uh, but before we get into it, we had a lot of listeners love our theme music. Uh, for our top five. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is DM Black's top five. So before we jump into uh, this week's top five, we, we actually have one of our listeners, man, who want to interact with us to give his top five, which we think is pretty dope. So, Black, let us know what we got. Yeah, man. I have, uh, talked to a co-worker of mine, man, a good guy, man, uh, named Curtis Fuller. And uh, we was going back and forth on the dock about uh, his favorite top five. So he sent them to me. So I thought it was only right that we, you know, uh, let everybody know that his top five. Uh, at number five, he had Vince Young. Okay. At number four, he had Randy Moss. Oh, okay. At number three, he had Darren McFadden. At number two, he had Charles. I mean, at number two, he had Cam Newton. Okay. And at number one, he had Charles Woodson. I, 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 y'all, I don't understand y'all, Charles Woodson. <laughs> hey. I don't. Well, shout hey, out man. to you. Shout out to you, Mr. Fuller, man, for interacting with us, man. Yeah, and, shout out Fuller, man. Uh, You know, uh. Giving us your top five. We appreciate it. All right, so we're going to move on into this week's top five. Uh, this week is our favorite wrestlers of all time. Me and Black are huge wrestling fans. We came up with it, and we've seen a lot of uh, wrestlers, man, a lot of eras, man, WCW, WWE. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll kick it off since I bamboozled you last week, Black, Yeah, you with go your ahead top five do that. Uh, college football players. All right, so for me, at number five, uh, is the dead man, the undertaker. All right. It's my number five, just a transcendent character. We never really seen anything like him. Number four is the rattlesnake stone cold. Steve Austin. Again, he brought an attitude. He bought a, 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 a energy man that we didn't see. He made a cool to go to work and cuss out your boss and shoot a bird and stone cold <laughs> stunner. A couple folks at number three was the macho man. Oh yeah. Randy Savage for me. I love Macho Man, his flamboyance, his energy, his style. He was ahead of his time and one of the real first high flyers in wrestling history. At number two, my man, Rocky Maivia. 
The Rock is my number two uh, wrestler, the greatest on the mic. Right there with Nature Boy, but I'm going to put Rock over Flair because his catchphrases and his way to be comical, I just never laugh so much uh, with a wrestler. And my number one all-time, and this is based off just match quality, athletic ability, a.k.a. Mr. WrestleMania, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. I don't think we've seen another talented in-ring performer like Shawn Michaels, in my opinion. So those are my top five. Undertaker, Stone Cold, Macho Man, The Rock, and Shawn Michaels. That's a good five. Yeah, yeah. man. Appreciate it, man. Where you at, Black? Talk yeah, to man, me, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. In my five, you know, we're going to kick it off at number five. I got the ultimate warrior. Mm-hmm. The ultimate energy guy. Yep. Just get you excited about every time he comes to the ring. Uh, at number five, I got ultimate warrior. At number four, I got The Rock. Like D said, uh, the one, the greatest on the mat, Mike. You know his catchphrases, uh, his in ring, his his big matches with all of, with some of the greats that he has had. Yep. You know, so uh, shout out to the Rock. At number three, I have the Undertaker, the Dad Man. This guy, man, when I was a kid. I was I was scared of him as a kid. I'm not can't even lie about it, man. But right. it was so great to see that entrance and yeah, man. You know, it, it give you chills up uh, down your arm. You get chill bumps just just watching it. Yeah, man. You know, it's and, and it's a it's a lot like the Fiend now. You know, it, it, I think the the Fiend's character takes a part of what Undertaker sure. used yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at number at number two, I got Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, this guy just. He's responsible to me. He's responsible for the attitude era. Yeah, it, he's the one that brought the attitude era into the WWF. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's my favorite wrestler. Uh, shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And at okay. number one, the great one, seventeen-time world champ, Mister <laughs> Rick Flair. Respect, respect, respect. I had to put this guy number one. Yeah, I love everything about Rick Flair. I love him now as an old. As a seventy-year-old man, I still love him. Yeah. He's he's he all great. over the place. He's well respected by his peers and hip hop to to sports to everything. So shout out to Ric Flair. Yeah, man, uh, the Nature Boy. Um, yeah, sorry about that. So the Nature Boy, he he's one of the greats, man. So that wraps up our top five. Uh, for this week, we're going to keep it going. So uh, any of our listeners out there, you want to get your top five, we'll quote it on here on the very next episode uh, of the Sports Desk. All right, so moving right along, man, we're going to go uh, into our sound of the week. And we're going to kind of switch it up here at the Sports Desk. Normally we do a wrestling uh, 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 video or a sound bite or even something from uh, a current sports game or something like that. But this is going to be a little different, man. Uh, about, uh, I want to say about five years ago, last week, because we're recording on a Monday night tonight, uh, this week, uh, we lost the great Stuart Scott. All right. Uh, he lost his battle to cancer. Stuart Scott, one of the pioneers um, in sports entertainment with ESPN, one of the greatest sportscasters, catchphrases, booyah, and, you know, just bringing life to your sports highlights. Probably a highlight day for most people who was in the sports, they would come home just to turn on sports and the catch to a Scott. So we're going to play a little bit of his clip, uh, that a uh, little bit of this clip that he gave his speech from at the SBs. Such a great speech uh, from the late, the great uh, Stuart uh, Scott. I'm tangible benefits. You saw me in that clinical trial. Now, 
Here's the thing about that. Coach Valvano's words 21 years ago, helping me and thousands of people like me right now, direct benefits. That's why all of this, why we're here tonight, that's why it's so important. I also realized something else recently. You heard me kind of allude to it in the piece. I said, I'm not losing. I'm still here, I'm fighting. I'm not losing. But I gotta amend that. When you die, that does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. All right, so again, that was the late, great uh, Stuart Scott. Just want to show him some love. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Uh, we miss you, man, and, uh, you know, prayers to your family. All right. All right, Black. So we're going to move it along here, and uh, we're going to get into our tweet of the week, man. Now, me and Black have been, you know, very, very, very busy with this Florida State search, man, with our head coach. And we do uh, have a new head coach uh, currently right now. But I want to read some tweets um, from our new, uh, from our fans, um, kind of, you know, just spilling their feelings about uh, our new head coach, Black. And some of them are not good. Some of them are pretty rough, actually. But uh, I just want to give two sides of the, the spectrum here. So we have uh, at Blake Hellum. Uh, if, we, if we hire Mike Norvell, which we did, not only will I pull my money from the program, I will refuse to attend another game. Uh, as he is our coach at FSU, I would not, I would not let the fact that we lost Bob Stoops, I would not forget that. Uh, we are a story program. We are not Memphis. All right, a highlight guy over here. FSU hires coach Mike Norville. He did amazing things at Memphis. Turned them around and led them to a 12 and one record. Almost likely to get a New Year's six, which they did get a New Year's six. Um, they won their conference championship. He is a great recruiter and built an amazing offensive line. His playbook and his mindset will work well at FSU. Maybe he can pull the biggest recruits. I'm with Norvell. All right, so shout out to Drake. Uh, excellent album will take care of this. Such a classic, man. So shout out to uh, Drizzy. All right. So, Black, um, we're going to get into Coach Norvell and Florida State University uh, here shortly. But uh, just want to kind of set the tone because people want to know what we think, man. They know we Florida State supporters, and they know we just been all over this. And it's kind of a rough time at Florida State right now. But we got our head coach, and we got our um, we got everything moving. All right. But before we touch on Florida State, just kind of whet your appetite. Let's get into it, man. The college football playoffs—they've been set. We have our top four solidified and black. Kick it off right off to you. Did they get it right? And how do you feel about the top four before we get into the matchups? Uh, I feel like they got it right. Yeah. I feel like we got some great matchups. Yeah. I'm going to go along the lines to say this might be the uh, the best group of four that we have seen, in my opinion, since the playoffs started. Mm -hmm. You know, I think these four teams have been the best four teams all year mm -hmm. in college football. So, uh, I feel like they got it right. Uh, I'm very hyped for this Clemson and Ohio State game. Mm -hmm. I think that is going to be a battle. Right. You know, uh, LSU LSU and Oklahoma is going to be a good one, but I think LSU uh, is going to overpower Oklahoma at some point in that game and 
you know, pull away from them. But we shall see. I could be wrong. But, yeah, man, I'm excited about these matchups. Even, you know, it's the New Year's Six Bowls, I wasn't really too. We'll get into those. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll get into those. Yeah, so, yeah, just to keep, I'm, ex- I'm excited about, you know, uh, our Final Four. Man, we got some good matchups here. Yeah, we do. Uh, we got the uh, uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. All right, now, the, the times have not been set yet. Uh, to be 4 or 8 p.m., um, but um, as far as – and then after that, we have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, so the Fiesta Bowl is Ohio State versus Clemson. I think that's the most attractive matchup. And then we have LSU and uh, Oklahoma uh, in the Peach Bowl, which should set up to be a good game as well. Did they get it right, the top four? Absolutely. Yeah, they got it right. I really don't think, you know, there should be any type of conversation or – or anything, you know, when it when it comes to the top four, they got it absolutely right. Of course, you had help with Oregon knocking off Utah, Alabama losing to Auburn uh, last week. All the and then Oregon the week before losing to Arizona State. So all the all the pieces uh, handled themselves, and of course LSU taking care of Georgia, not giving us that two team uh, SEC field in the playoff, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but I guess we can shift right into the games, and we'll start off with the Fiesta Bowl. We have uh, the second ranked. Uh, Ohio State Buckeyes against the third-ranked uh, Clemson Tigers. Uh, Black, kind of run me down your thoughts on the game. And um, we got time to predict it. We'll hold our predictions uh, till you know, we get close to the game. But what you think about the game and what are you looking forward to the most? Oh, uh, yeah, I think this is going to – honestly, I think this is going to be a, a power wheels, man. I, I really feel like this may come down to potentially who's going to have the ball last. You know, you got – you got two defenses ranked in the top five here. Right. And then you have two offenses ranked in the top five here too as well. Right. So something something has to give, but if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet against Dabo. You know? <laughs> no. Because we know he's this time of year is no, his sir. year. This is this is this is Dabo's time right here. You know, but uh this is gonna be a great game. Uh Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. If if no one knows about recruiting uh, in 20, 2018, there were the number one and two quarterbacks mm-hmm. ranked in the nation. So good stat, it's good stat. it's it's really a good matchup. This is what you this is what you want to see as a college football fan: the best playing the best. Absolutely, uh, yeah. My takes as well. I think this game is um, man. I, I, I this might be the this could turn out to be the best game in college football playoff history. I know we mentioned before the Georgia and uh, Oklahoma Rose Bowl, the national championship game with uh, Georgia and Alabama that same year. Um, I think <laughs> the mere fact that Clemson's won like 28, 29 straight, undefeated last two seasons, reigning and defending national champion, in my opinion, they got Coach 1B uh, of the best coach in college football in, in Dabo because – I'm not going to put him over Saban just yet. Uh, but if he wins a third win in <laughs> five years, I think it will be. Yeah. We got to talk. We got to talk. We got to talk. <laughs> but uh, we can say that. But I think overall, the outstanding offenses, the outstanding quarterback play with Lawrence uh, versus Fields, the defense. Uh, you got the best player probably in the country on the defensive line uh, for Ohio State. Um, it's it just a just a hellacious Talented pool of players. Um, the edge is going to go to Dabo in the coaching range because I don't really know what 
uh, uh, Day is going to be able to – is he even going to be able to match up with Dabo? Because mm-hmm. uh, Clemson's been in the playoff. Yeah. They've won it twice. He got two rings out of this thing. He ready to go. And he's been pushing to his players. We've been disrespected all year. They put Alabama, the number one team in the nation, in week three of college football. Clemson has not been ranked higher than third this entire season after week three of the college football season. The reigning defender champion. And that's horrible. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you don't think these guys going to have something to say about this? <laughs> they going to have something to say, and we're going to see. Now, on the other hand, Ohio State, they've been explosive all year. We saw it in the Big Ten Championship game. Mm-hmm. They was down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, 14 nothing at one point. Yeah. People was kind of saying, oh, boy, oh, boy. They went to the half down. And uh, <laughs> they came out to say it happened. The ball was like, oh, we straight. We straight. Let's push this ball down the field. Let's let this defense wreak havoc. Let's bottle up uh, Wisconsin. And let's get let's get on to this playoff, man, and stay undefeated like we are, man. You, you have three. I believe three un- – yeah, you have three undefeated teams in this playoff. That's the first two. Mm-hmm. So, you got Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU with a one-loss Oklahoma. So, we'll see. I think it's going to be a hell of a game, and we'll give our predictions on that later. Moving on to the Peach Bowl, LSU-Oklahoma. I think it's going to be a good game. Here's where it's going to come down to. Can Oklahoma score on LSU's defense? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. They, they can. If you look at some of LSU's games this year, they just outscore folks. They don't have the best defense in the world. They don't have the best defense. Yeah. They need those Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, I've been seeing on Twitter and on Instagram today, people just got – people predicted LSU just to steamroll uh, the Sooners. And I'm like, what y'all talking about? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to pick LSU, okay, cool. I'm, I got you on that. But steamroll these guys? And I'm just going to go on and say it. Now, I'm not predicting this. But me, me, Dedrick, personally, D, if Oklahoma knock off LSU, I will not be surprised. I won't be. They got weapons. Jalen Hurts is a baller. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, probably the third best receiver in the country. Mm-hmm. Some people even say he's the best. Some people got him over Judy. Yeah. These boys coming in, and they can run the football. Oh, yeah, of course. They run over 200 yards a game rushing. Oklahoma's coming to play. Lincoln Riley is an excellent play caller. He's going to give Ed Orgeron all he can handle yes. on the offensive end. So, for people just pushing off this game and putting LSU in the national championship game, y'all might want to think about that. Y'all might want to think about it. But I think all in all, we got two excellent games in this playoff. They got it right. Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl. I think it's going to be awesome. We really look forward to it. Both games on December 30th. They haven't said which one's going to be at four and which one's going to be at eight yet. But we're going to be talking about these uh, matchups. Rather, uh, wait. Yeah, and I want to I want to say this about that game. I, in my opinion, I think this is gonna be one for the books. Oh, uh, which one? Uh, this LSU and uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma game. I think it's gonna be one for the books. It's gonna go down as a classic. This is something you're gonna if uh no one has it. This is something you're gonna see on ESPN ESPN Classic for years to come. Okay. You know, I think that uh, it's gonna be a shootout, man. It's gonna be a shootout. Yeah. They got all the you signs know, there. It got, it got all the signs there yeah. for for. For a good old fashioned shootout, and maybe even who have the ball last. But this is one thing I want to say about Oklahoma. They have a guy who's been to the playoff with two different teams. <laughs> yes, so sir. he so he knows what it means to be in this playoff. Big experience. He know he know what it takes to get a win in this playoff. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what uh what Jalen uh, what Jalen Hurst is going to bring to the table for Oklahoma. And I know he's not going. 
I know he's not going to be nervous because he didn't been here before. Yeah. We're going to we we know what to expect out of Jalen Hurts yeah. in these type of moments. Yeah. Burrow's been the best quarterback all year. All year. I think he's going to come ready to play, but yeah. I think it'd be a little. I think it'd be a lot, a little, not a little rust, but kind of a little tension at first, a little nerves at first, because the lights are a lot bigger in the playoffs. This is it. This is it right here. Yeah. You win. You, all you got to do is win two games. And you're a champion. But um, they've been they they've been the, one of the best offensive teams all year. Yeah. This is going to be a smoker. I hope they make this game the eight o'clock game. I really do. So the whole so the whole know, world man. can watch. But Ohio State. Well, let, hey, <laughs> like we say, like it's it's hard to pick because we got two great games here. We do. You can't go wrong with neither one of these games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited. Um, History tells us the playoffs are not good games. History tells us that, but I hope we're wrong this time around. All right, so we're going to jump into the New Year's Six uh, games. And before I roll out these games, I just want to kind of mention the process of the New Year's Six. I'm not a fan of it at all. We had a potential to have some amazing matchups. We did. Amazing matchups. And due to the fact that the committee in college football takes in consideration fan bases, who can we get closer to home, what fan base can get here, what can get there. What okay, makes I, the most money. What yeah, make the money. The okay, okay, money. okay. I, I understand that. But once again, that gets in the way of us getting potential barn burners, it's potential classics. So these games that I'm about to mention off right here, I'm going to do a little matchup. We're going to match up different teams with other opponents who's made the New Year's Six. So we're going to call out the games first. All right, so our first one is the Orange Bowl. All right, it'll be at 8 o'clock on uh, Monday, December 30th. You got the Florida Gators taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. That's a snoozer. I don't want to see that. Matter of fact, I went on Twitter and Black, and I said, this announcement is trash. I'm not excited. I'm dog, I might not even watch this game. I'm not even. I might not even watch it, dog. I promise you Florida going to be favored by 21 points. In I, this I game. might not even watch it. <laughs> All right, so moving on to New Year's Day. All right, we got the Rose Bowl. It's a cool matchup. It's not bad. Oregon Ducks, Wisconsin Badgers. Traditional Pac-12, Big Ten. Fine. Cool with that. The All-State Sugar Bowl, January 1st, 8.45 p.m. The Georgia Bulldogs versus the Baylor Bears, Golden Bears. That's boring to me. I don't. I don't want to see that. I. I don't want to see that. Okay. Moving along, we are going to go down to the. Well, we. Na- oh well, we named the the Peach Bowl. We already had the Fiesta Bowl already. Um, I guess they could a Cotton Bowl. We well, the, sorry, the Citrus Bowl is one. You got Alabama versus Michigan. Really. Really. What's exciting about them? I mean, help me out, Black. Is that is that an exciting matchup? Not to me. I, I'm just gonna say this. The, I think the best one out of all those New Year's Six games, I think can, can potentially be the Memphis and Penn State game in the Cotton Bowl. Correct. I, I think that could be the best game out of the six outside of the playoff teams. But I feel the like Memphis, they, Penn State, yeah, yeah, Memphis, Penn State. I feel like they messed this up really bad. I always thought that. It was you can pick teams anywhere from from one to fifteen, correct? Yeah, and match them up. And, and match them up. It, it was teams that's in the top fifteen that were left out of this. Listen, though, you know, I I I just don't. I'm, I'm just I'm just not a I'm just not agreeing with that. No, I, un- I understand the way that you do things, but you're gonna you're gonna put Georgia back in the 
the Sugar Bowl again when they just played Texas there last year? <laughs> even if it you, doesn't make sense to me. Even if you are going to put Georgia in the uh uh in, in the Sugar Bowl, why 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 you want to match them up against Baylor? Mm. Like what? I I will watch Georgia Memphis. You got an SEC power versus the 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 the. the the whatever you want to call the Memphis team, the out of power six school yeah. that finished in the top fifteen, the at large team. We yeah. get that every year anyway. We had it with UCF and LSU. We had it with UCF and Auburn, and it I, was great games. Great games. I'll yeah. take that. Get those kids opportunity to play. And and no disrespect to Penn State, that's not what I'm saying. But I would have loved to see Penn State play Florida. Yes, I would have loved to see that matchup. Honestly, to tell you the truth, if you want to be honest about this, D, I would have loved to see them play Baylor. I would have loved, loved to see them. I would have took a, two, a, a Florida team versus a Big Twelve school, yeah. which we would never see. You will never see that game. But, never. We're not gonna see a matchup like that. I just kind of feel like, man, we got some other great games outside of these uh, uh, New Year's Six Day games. I was just really like disappointed, man. Of what we got, man, and and, and I just feel like it just could have been better. Like the Minnesota Auburn game, I think that's a good matchup uh, in the Outback Bowl. Uh, Texas versus Utah. Texas was didn't play well this year, but of course they're going to put them in Texas to play the Utes, who finished second in the Pac-12. And I know they couldn't go to the Rose Bowl, but Utah couldn't have got an at-large bid. They couldn't have got an at-large bid to go to a New Year's Six Day uh, bowl game. Yeah, I always thought that whatever team lost in the championship game get at-large because Wisconsin did. Yeah. Virginia did when they don't deserve it. No. So I, I, no. I'm, they have Virginia versus Florida for trash, the Orange man. Bowl in Miami. That's trash, man. That's trash. That was trash. As soon as I saw that, that's, that's, that's like I'm like Florida get off get off again. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep it real. Florida fans, you can hate me, you can listen to what I'm saying, but y'all got off decent again. So Fred said anybody who want to say something about what I'm saying, y'all know that matchup is trash yeah. in the Orange Bowl. And I get and said, it. And said, said, and said, he said it too on on Twitter. He was like, "So we're going to get Virginia right. in a bowl game? Yeah, that's what you're getting. <laughs> but it's it really sucks that <laughs> y'all getting a pass again in another New Year's Six bowls. Last year you played a a Michigan team who was depleted because all their kids were going pro, so they decided not to play. Yeah. And now you're getting a Virginia team who just got mollywopped by forty something points." In the ACC championship game. I'm going to need them to explain so, <laughs> to me. I'm going to need them to explain to me how Virginia was qualified for a New Year's Six and not yeah. Utah. They say they say whatever team is in the championship who loses gets an at-large in, in one of the New Year's Six bowls. Well, they had to make a choice then. They made a so, choice over Utah and Virginia. They made and, a choice. And that was a bad choice. They made I a think, choice. I think, I think Utah would have been a better team to put in in, in, in the in the New Year's Six. That's a better matchup. Utah versus Florida, I'm watching that. Yeah. I'm watching that. So, not to disrespect the Virginia kids, and we're not doing that here. We're talking as fans. We're talking as fans of what we would like to see uh, on these traditional bowl games. All right, but last but not least, and we're going to cover all these games uh, as we get into them. Uh, bowl season kicks off rather quickly, actually. I think it kicks off that week after, that Saturday after Christmas, which is like the 28th to 29th. But last but not least, all right, the Florida State Seminoles are going bowling once again. And I like the matchup, man. I do, too. I uh, like it. We, you, you can make fun of the, the, the name of the bowl, but we all know it's the Sun Bowl. But this year, it's the Tony the Tiger. Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl. <laughs> all right. It'll be December 31st at 2 p.m. on CBS. It'll be the Florida State University taking on the Fighting Herm Edwards, the Arizona State 
Sun Devils. I when love I, it. I like the matchup. I do too. I like the matchup. I was like, wow, you know, two programs who really didn't do well as they would have liked to this year. But we don't get to play teams from the Pac-12 like we that. Don't. We the don't. Last, get to play. The last time we played a Pac, a Pac-12 team was in the first, the first ever playoff, and we lost to Oregon. Yes. In the semifinals. Yeah. So we don't get to do that uh, as much. So I'm excited about the matchup. I'm going to be tuning in. I was hoping they didn't put us like in the crazy bowl against Kansas State or something like that. But they gave us a fun matchup. I don't know if it's yeah, because... People are going to watch this. Yeah. People are going to be interested and see what happens in this game. Yeah, and I don't know if... Because, you know, me and Black are fans of uh, Herm Edwards and the, the fighting Herm Edwards and, and the work that he's doing at Arizona State. So, yeah, we're intrigued uh, by that matchup. So, we're going to be covering all the bowl games. Uh, you can... Yes, we're going to be covering them all as uh, we kick off uh, the bowl season. All right, so moving on, just a tad bit, me and Black are going to record a special episode for the Florida State faithful, the Florida State alum, our, our, our people out there who want to hear from me and Black solely on the coach's decision that Florida State has named Mike Norvell, former head coach of the Memphis Tigers. He is now the new head coach at Florida State University. Me and Black are going to stop by here for a second, but we're going to record a Full episode dedicated just to uh, the new regime in Florida State. So, Black, uh, let's just go with your initial thoughts of the hiring, um, what you've been hearing, and what are you most optimistic about with uh, Coach Norvell? Uh, I guess as, as time went on and uh, you really start seeing the uh, the tweets and um, everything that's been written about he was going to be the guy. Um, I kind of was like, I had kind of mixed emotions about it because um, he's not a power five coach. But, you know, if you if you go take a look at Memphis and the things they've been doing for the past four seasons, you you can see why he was the choice. Mm-hmm. So um, great guy. I got a chance to look at his press, press conference. High energy, you know, I feel like I feel like he could be the guy to get Florida State back no, on track. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, you know, get the right coaching staff and get things together. But, you know, I'm going to give him a chance to see okay. what he can do. Uh, he's he's well-respected amongst his peers. He is. A lot of people, like, you usually don't hear people like Kirk Herbstreet or uh, Paul Feinbaum speak up for this guy. And they was right. like, both of those guys said, this is a home run hit for Florida State with yeah. this guy. So, we're going to see, man. I'm opt- I'm optimistic that... I think he could. I think he could get the job done. But you know, we're gonna take it day by day. See what he does in recruiting in the off season. You know, off season training. We're gonna see how things go. Um, one of the biggest things I want to see, and then I'm gonna give it to you, D. Okay. I just want to see this leadership and the discipline back. Yeah. That's one of the main things I want to see. Did not have I, it. I, We didn't have none of that the past two years. Zero. And it has to come back. Right. And this guy, if you haven't seen Memphis, very disciplined. Not a lot of penalties. They don't. They was one of the best teams, uh, penalty wise. They don't make they don't lot of, make a lot of mistakes. Yep. So that's something good to see on his resume as well. With 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 uh, where he was at at Memphis. Right. So I'm excited, man. Um, hopefully this guy can do some great things at Florida State. Yeah, Black. Um, you know me. You know your home. Well, both of us we're emotional when it comes to our squads, man. And I was talking to you know one of my guys out there when we was uh. I was texting him, actually. He sent me a, a funny video clip. 
he's not for no, the Norville hire. And this is uh pretty much what he was saying no, about. No, 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 so that was my man's reaction to Norvell getting hired. And I, I kind of was telling him what me and you was talking about. You know, we got to give him a shot. And just going back to what Norvell has done just at Memphis. Like I said, we're going to get into all of this on a separate episode, a special edition episode. Uh, his first year in 2016, 8-5, 5-3 in the conference. Finished third in their division. The next year, big jump, 10-3, 7-1 in their division. Um, the following year... Kind of went down a bit, eight and six. They were saying a lot of seniors had left from the year before. Got a lot of more younger players in. Went down to eight and six, five and three uh, on his side of the division in the conference. And then 2019, he broke through. He broke through 12 and one, uh, seven and one overall in the conference. Won uh, the conference championship. And now he has Memphis uh, going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, like Black said, at first, man, I was kind of all over the place with the hire. But I like what I saw at the press conference. I like his energy. I like what he was saying. Um, and uh felt kind of good about it after the press conference that we may actually have a leader, a disciplinarian, someone who's going to hold these players accountable uh, for everything they do on and off the field, which we all know if you do that, you could produce a great product, which can turn into wins, mm-hmm. uh, conference uh, championship appearances, conference championships wins, big bowl games. Playoff, national title. Um, so that's what we're looking to have at Florida State University. But um, I'm optimistic. Um, I'm going to give him a shot. I'm not negative at all about the hire. Not mad about the hire. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do. We're starting to get uh, our staff together. And we'll see what comes of it. As a, I like to call myself a Florida State alum. Uh, even though I we didn't are. go, yeah, even though we didn't we go are. to the school or anything like that. But we've been repping since day one. We are going there and go. And it is time for Florida State to take what take back what's ours. It's time for us to turn a corner. It's time for us to get back in the mix. We cannot let Florida just run the state. You know, Lord knows what the hell going to happen to Miami. I have no clue. And we and I, definitely cannot become like Miami. Cannot become Miami. <laughs> and I don't think we will become Miami. I saw Fred tweet, oh, congratulations, Florida State. You got your new Jim McElwain. Uh, in Norvell, uh, a lot of I people. Heard was, I I seen a Taggart 2.0. Like Taggart yeah. 2.0. Just the shots coming. They're yeah, coming, and it's bro. cool. You know it's, it's to be expected. It's to be expected because Lord knows the, the the piss show they had in Florida with yes. McElwain and Mush. They didn't went way more countries than we went Ron Zook. I mean, my <laughs> God, what the hell was going on in Gainesville? We ain't been through that. Exactly. We've had a. This is new territory for us. Yeah, but we had our one dud. Yeah. And our dud was Willie Taggart. Yeah. And other than that, Jimbo Fisher, natty. Natty. Bobby Bowden, two natties. Natties. <laughs> natties. Several championship appearances. So we're not used to this. So Florida fans who've been getting at me, just keep this in mind. Y'all are used to mediocrity for a good period of time. Your, your home field was a place people wanted to come and play for a good little bit. Respect to y'all for getting back on top and, and getting the boat going again. I love Dan Mullen as a head coach. I love him. He's doing great things for that university and those kids. Y'all struck gold getting Dan Mullen to come back to Florida. And you know what's crazy about that? They struck gold with Dan Mullen. Yeah. And you know Dan Mullen wasn't the first or the second option for Florida when he came to Florida. He was not. He was not. He was not, but they so got they, him. But they got him. They got they him struck, and they're doing they, great. They struck gold. They they're struck like, gold with him. He's a great coach. Yeah. Like, Florida fans, 
Honestly, I'm happy for y'all. Yeah. You know, we used to seeing Florida State and Florida be on top. You know, and hopefully we can get back to that. Hopefully we can get back. Hopefully we can get back to having great matchups and yep. what you say. Yep. You know, all of, all of this and everything. You know, Florida fans, you're gonna you're gonna hate on what we got. Word. We're gonna uh. Florida fans are going to hate on what Florida State got, and Florida mm-hmm. State fans are going to hate on what Florida got because it's a rivalry. This, yeah, is, what we do. Do. We this do. is what we that's do. This is what we do. So I'm excited, man. That right. you know, let's see what this guy's going to do. Yeah. We're going to give him a chance. You know, I, I was all over his press conference, man. I'm, I'm I'm hearing things that I didn't hear from Willie Taggart from this guy. Like mm-hmm. I'm like Willie didn't say none of these things. I know it's just a it's just, <laughs> just a, a press, press conference, conference yeah. but that's what they're going to tell y'all. Chill. At the same time. Yeah. You, you can see that this guy is a no nonsense guy. He's a dis- disciplinary and the one main thing that he's about, he's for the kids. Yeah. He's What's for the kids. kids. What's best for the kids? Yep. Let the kids, you know, do the work and put in the time. Yep. And him being there for the kids. Like for him to even before he got introduced as the coach, take the time out to have a sit down. With all the players before he even got introduced, mm-hmm. that tells you something about a head coach. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. He could have got introduced and then went and talked to the kids. Yep. But he wanted to do it beforehand yep. to sit down and introduce himself. And it was funny to see some of the tweets for some of the football players. And they was like, man, uh, Mike Norvell got me real energized about what could what could happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, and to hear that from players who's been through Everything in two seasons. Oh man, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's good. That, that, that's good to have a uh, your your players uh, believing um, that man. At least, at least we can believe in him allowing us to have a fresh start, giving us a new direction. And uh, we'll see where the program goes, man. And but again, uh, probably sometime this week in the next few days, me and Black are going to be running down a, a special edition episode. A special edition episode of everything that's happening at Florida State, reviewing our new coaching staff, talking a lot more about our head coach, and uh, just really getting it going. All right. All right. So that's going to wrap up our college football for this week. Again, we're going to be covering all the college football playoff games, the New Year's Six Bowls, all the other bowls uh, as we get into uh, the bowl season. Kind of sad, black college football is almost over. I know, man. It goes by so fast. It seems like we wait all year. Yep. For September to come. You yep. know, we talk all the time, time like, bro, we so bored, man. When college Long football time. coming yep. back. Yep. And then it gets here and the 12, 13 games go by so fast. Crazy, man. It's gone just like that. Yeah. So fast. All right, guys. We're going to transition. Uh, something new here at the sports desk. Uh, going to transition to the National Football League. A little trap, you know. A little trap. Yeah, but that's nice, yo. Boy. Yeah, a little remix. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So y'all, I know what y'all thought it was, but it's not yeah. that. All right. So we're gonna get into the National Football League. All right. So a uh, pretty interesting day yesterday in the league. We had some um, huge, huge, huge matchups in the National Football League yesterday. But we're gonna start with. The best game of the day, in my opinion. I mean, you might feel different, Black, but I think everybody's been talking about this game. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans 48-46. Before we run off numbers, Black, if you was able to catch any of this game, any of the highlights of the game, what you thought about it, man? I was able to catch 
some of this game, and I was at work in and out, in uh-huh. and out on it. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I tell people we, people all, I don't know what it is, and you know, and on Bleacher Report, you know, I'm a fantasy football guy. I'm in three different leagues. Right. And they tell you, you know, you should sit Drew Brees down against, you know, San Francisco's defense. They've been one of the best defenses all year. Uh-huh. And why would you do such a thing? Because as we know, Drew Brees always get up sure, for yeah. games like this. Easy. It'd be the games when you expect him to go off that he doesn't. Easy. You know? Easy. And, man, we were, we were blessed to see a matchup like this. I mean, from... The kickoff. Yep. They were just going at it. I yep. think we had a total of eight touchdowns in the first half. Amazing. Between these teams. Amazing. That is insane. You usually don't you usually don't hear that. I mean high power offense. Defense nowhere. No defense anywhere. Oh, zero. Zero defense. But you need games like that sometimes, man. And it was great, man. San Francisco, the trick plays. I mean, oh man, it was amazing. Garoppolo seemed like he gets Better and better as time come uh, goes on, and uh, George Kittle, man, what can I say about this guy? Best tight end in football. Like, yes, the best tight end in football. Yeah. You know, some people may not put him as the best, but best here end. at the sports desk, we're going to put him number one. He is. And for this guy to make that play in that moment, mm-hmm. when you thought the game was over, that's amazing, man. Yep. And the way that he did it from. His whole freaking helmet about to come off getting face masks. So much determination, man. So much determination in that one play. Yep. You know, and if it had to be a play of the week or something, that that must that has to be the play of the week in NFL. If, oh, man. If it is something they have like that, that Easy. has to be the play easily. Easy. But, yeah, man, overall a great game, man. You got to see a little bit of everything. Michael Thomas goes off once again. I think right. he had over 12 receptions again, maybe like 13 receptions for a buck 47 in a, in a tub. So, Man, we got a little bit of everything. Drew Brees, five touchdowns. You know, we got the best. We got Jimmy Garoppolo, four touchdowns. You know, just the ball was all in the air, man. Yeah. And it was great to watch. <laughs> yeah, some of these numbers, man, before I get my take on the, on the game. You know, Garoppolo, 26-35, 349 yards passing, four tubs, one turnover. Emmanuel Sanders even threw a touchdown pass <laughs> uh, yesterday. I mean, just c- crazy quarterback play going over to Breezy. I mean, man, like it's a Drew Brees is. I think he's the second oldest quarterback in the league, right up under Tom Brady. Man, this man went twenty nine of 40, 349 yards passing, five tubs, no turnovers, like none. Like, what are we doing? Like, my God, then Michael Thomas again, like you said, 11, 11 catches, one hundred and thirty four uh, receiving yards, uh, twelve point uh, two yards a clip and a touchdown. Jared Cook two touchdowns. Trey Quan Smith a touchdown. Like, like you said, there was no defense, and I was kind of shocked by that. With Bosa and them boys, for the 49ers, I did think they would be able to at least <laughs> bother of the New Orleans offense, but they ain't bother nothing. 48-46 would be your final. And with that being said, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they took care of business. Now they reclaimed the number one seed in the NFC with three games, two games to go. And they got some help, too. They got some help from yeah. the Rams beating uh, Seattle uh, uh, yesterday. So it was like, man, like San Francisco – is the team, I think, if they get home field, well, and of course, New Orleans, if New Orleans would have won that game, they would have been the number one seed. So, everything is kind of playing out, man. And I I was somebody who was like, man, I really don't know if the 49ers have what it takes to win it all this year. <laughs> but after watching that game and even in defeat last week against the, the Ravens, 
They can adjust to any style, man, and get a win. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you got a, a serious contender to win a championship. And I was very impressed with Garoppolo in New Orleans. That's the toughest place to play in football. It is. That's the toughest place to play, and they came out with a win. Great game. Great quarterback play. Great coaching. Shout out to Kyle Shanahan. Man, I'm very impressed with Kyle Shanahan, man. Chip off the old block, as they say. His mm-hmm. daddy got two chips when he was running in Denver, man. And it's like he's coming right in and making his own his own claim. And uh, San Francisco, man. So what a great game. All right. Uh, the second, uh, my opinion, best game of the day was in Foxborough. A lot of truths was told in this game yeah, it was. yesterday with the Chiefs defeating the New England Patriots. 23 to 16 and I'm gonna kick it off here black for one of my truths yesterday father time is undefeated and when he comes knocking and he wants you it's time to go and I'm not saying it's time for Tom Brady to for Tom Brady to hang him up but I saw things I never saw yesterday with Brady he has some he has some peak plays here yesterday like the big run in the fourth quarter when he ran for 15 yards get the first down and keep him alive I ain't talking about that he flinching in the pocket man He's he's yelling at his receivers like he's he's not having fun. Like he's getting up, getting in defenders' faces, like he's kind of out of character. He's he's coming to the sideline, throwing his helmet. I understand the frustrations of the game, but New England Patriots are 10 and 3. They will not be the number one seed in the AFC this year. They might not even be the number two seed in the AFC this year. They might not even win a division with the game with Buffalo coming up, because Buffalo's one game out. New England is in a territory we haven't seen before, and this is not the knock against their greatness. This is not the knock against their dynasty. But Bill Belichick wanted to move on for Tom Brady two seasons ago for a reason, because he saw something in Jimmy Garoppolo that would keep them going. If Jimmy Garoppolo was a starting quarterback for the San Francisco for the uh, New England Patriots, for what we've been seeing from him, I could we Belichick was justified in wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing what Garoppolo's doing. In San Francisco. San Francisco yeah. was trash when he got there. Yes, he was. His first year there, he tore his ACL. So this his first is his full season his, there. Yeah, he tore his mm-hmm. ACL. So now he's healthy. And San Francisco scooting out there. Running, throwing, touchdown. Got the 49ers sitting beautifully, man. And you go over to CBS at 425 and you see Tom struggling at age 41. Belichick's probably sick at home. Stomach's probably turned at home like, man, I gave this kid away for a third-round pick. And I got to hope and pray Brady can give me one more magical run. And Black, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Not, not the way this league, not the way these boys playing. I don't think he'll be able to do it. The Kansas City Chiefs came in with a game plan who doesn't have the greatest defense. They only gave us 16 points yesterday. Shout out to Steve Spagnonia, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator. Being don't break. And he had and he's Being been hell for Tom Brady ever since he's been in the league. Because mm-hmm. people got to remember, he was a defensive coordinator for the New York football giants when they won those two Super Bowls. Yes, he was. And he gave Brady hell. And he did it again yesterday with unsung heroes. I mean, they're stunned on defense is Tyrone Matthew. He's the one. He's anchoring that defense in Kansas City. And for all these guys to come together and be like, nah, today is not the day, Tom. Belichick in Foxborough. This is a second loss at home, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a second loss at home. Inter- interesting stat for you, D. I don't know if you know this. Okay. In Tom Brady's three losses, he's lost to three quarterbacks 25 or younger. Wow, I did not in know that. three losses. He's lost to Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. 
He's lost to Deshaun Watson, and he's lost to Pat Mahomes. Patty. The three up-and-coming quarterbacks in our league. Yep. Basically, you could say either or one of them can be the face of the league. Absolutely. So, he's struggling. He's struggling against this younger up-and-coming talent. Yeah. The league is changing right before our eyes. All the time. And the ball that the New England Patriots are playing, it's not working right now. At the beginning of the season, when, you, when you're playing nobodies, it, it works easily. Mm-hmm. You know, defense uh, looks great, top defense in the league. But defense is kind of letting up a little bit as well. You've mm-hmm. seen them out of character too, uh, defensively, making a lot of mistakes, getting into it with Kansas City receivers, mm-hmm. unlike a, a Bill Belichick defense. Yep. But uh, like I agree with you, man. I don't. I don't think this is going to be the year for Tom and Belichick. I think it's just too much going on in the league right now in the AFC, man. You got, you got Lamar, you got Pat, you got this, uh, Deshaun Watson. You can even, if you want to, you can even throw, throw Josh Allen in that mix. He's playing you know, well, and he's playing uh, good football. He's playing well, but. Yeah, man, this it's going to be interesting. Like you said, they got a big one coming up against Buffalo, and it could be for the division. You know, yeah. we'll take the lead. So yeah. we're going to see what happens. Yeah, we're going to see what happens. Uh, you know, good game from the Chiefs. You know, Pat Mahomes, 26 for 40, uh, 283 in the air, one touchdown. He did turn the ball over. But he, he, here's what I'm seeing from Kansas City. Last year, they were just trying to go out and just score, 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 score. Like, just, just do some – astronomical plays to get touchdowns. What I'm noticing this year, especially after Mahomes came back from the injury, they're being more methodical. They Black, they had one, two, three, four, five different people touch the ball yesterday running, rushing. Five different carriers rushing the ball yesterday, mm-hmm. including Patrick Mahomes getting out there scooting a little bit. So I think Andy Reid's saying, hey, we got the talent, but we're mixing it up. We're mixing it up. We're making a guess. We're not just going out five wide, chucking it down the field. We're kind of give you something to think about. And I think I don't think Belichick was ready for that yesterday. I don't think they was ready for that yesterday. So, mm-hmm. good game yesterday in Foxborough. Chiefs winning 23-16. And also, uh, the Chiefs clinch uh, a playoff berth yesterday um, with the um, – Their division as well. With the Raiders losing. Tennessee mm-hmm. taking care of Oakland uh, yesterday. All right. So, yesterday, of course, how we would not dare move out of this NFL topic – Without speaking on Lamar Jackson, Black, I think you agree with me. He's the hands down runaway uh, MVP at this point, especially with Russell Wilson taking the loss and looking how he looked last night. Baltimore Ravens took care of the Buffalo Bills, twenty-four to seventeen, improved to eleven and two, clinched a playoff berth uh, yesterday. Lamar Jackson, uh, sixteen for twenty-five, one hundred forty-five in the air, three touchdowns, one turnover. Uh, also on the ground. A little bottled up on the ground yesterday. 11 carries for 40 yards, 3.6 a clip, no tubs uh, on the ground. But a uh, 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 very impressive win going to Buffalo, getting that win after coming off the war with San Francisco last week. That's a tough place to play. That's a tough place to play, and Buffalo's playing well. They're playing really well. Got one of the better defenses in the league. Buffalo's top five in defenses overall in the league. Buffalo taking a loss, sitting at nine and four. All right, but they're only one game back out of their division. So that game with New England is going to tell a lot of tales. Now they got a big one next week. They got Pittsburgh coming in. Both of those teams are wild card teams on Sunday night football. They flexed that game. Oh, they did. They flexed that game. Okay. So they'll be in, in Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, okay. They'll be in Buffalo. Steelers coming to town. Sunday night football. Both teams are currently wild card teams. So both teams got to have this win because the loser of this game may be out of the playoffs uh, as of next week. You mm-hmm. know, with Tennessee 
clipping on their heels. Oh man, they clipping t- on their heels. Speaking of Tennessee, I'm happy you talk, you touched on them, man. They rolling right now. Playing well. They playing well, man. They looking well. like one of the one of the. Uh, you can you can say I I'm going to say it. I feel like they're looking like one of the top teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, with this ball that they're playing in, they're playing well. You know they got some big things coming up as well. Like mm-hmm. they still can win this division with yeah they got Houston, uh, Houston two of the next three weeks. With Houston, I don't know what that was. I don't Sunday know what the hell Houston. they had going on versus but, Denver yesterday um, at home. I mean Drew Locke was getting off. I at was like, home. oh man, second week in the world for Drew Locke. So you know they still play Houston twice. So in both the last of those three games, weeks, you can will matter. It will matter. You could be talking about the division winner and a home game here, or the, or out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, you're right. These games are going right. to be extremely important. I mean, they took care of the Raiders forty two to forty one, and ten, Rumblings are coming out of Tennessee. That Ryan Tannehill is going to be their guy moving forward, man. I mean, twenty one for twenty seven, three hundred ninety one in the air, three touchdowns, only one turnover. Derrick Henry eighteen carries, one hundred three on the ground, five point seven to clip, two touchdowns. Don't this just seem man. like when Tennessee is in this time of year, it's just Derrick Henry time? Rumbling and rumbling, baby. He he starts off so slow, but when it's once once it gets to like November and December, yep. he picks it up a notch. Yep. It's his time of year. That weather changing, man. You got to put that ball in his hands. Yeah. And Oakland just spiraling out of control. Third loss. Now they're under 500. You know, six and seven. So they're clinging, trying to stay alive, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So, all right. So uh, let's see what else we had going on in the NFL. Uh, the playoff picture, we kind of been talking about that with these scores. Uh, it's kind of everything is kind of shaping up. Um, so the playoffs are almost here in three weeks, man. So the great thing about the sports desk, since we're going weekly now, we're dropping weekly episodes. I'm excited. I know Black is too to cover each round, each game as we get closer and closer to the playoff. We got tiebreaker games that's going to be coming up. A lot of good NFL uh, football that's going to be coming up within the next, um, you know, two to three weeks right before the playoffs start. All right. All right, team. So we're going to transition over to the National Basketball Association. Um, as we love to do here at the Sports States, we love to start off uh, with the mighty uh, Los Angeles Lakers. But as we gave y'all a new clip to kick off the NFL, going to give you a new clip to kick off the NBA as well. That throwback, yeah. you know, that throwback, that NBA on NBC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get into, all right, the uh, National Basketball Association. We're going to kick off with, of course, as always, as we will always start with the Los Angeles Lakers and Black <laughs> what a hell of a week it was for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I see hold you on, chomping at the bits, Black. Go on, ahead. I need you to re- do that over again. What a hell of a night. We know it's been a hell of a week, but what a hell of a night. We definitely. We had last night. My word. <laughs> so, yes, I understand my the week. I understand word. it. But last night was just the icing on the cake for the week. Black. The re- it was icing on the cake. Black. <laughs> Black. Let, uh, screw it. Let's just go ahead and start with Sunday yeah. last night. You know, Black, we've been hearing, man. Hey, Lakers ain't played nobody. They're not tested on the road against a good team. Uh, Luka them came in a week ago and gave us that business. You know, Luka went off. Lakers, oh, see the Lakers. Even though we beat the Mavericks two weeks prior at their place on a Friday night, we was getting a lot of 
a lot of trash about the Lakers, man. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, what a difference a week makes. So let's go right into Sunday. Yesterday, at home, the Lakers defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 142-25. to Not a lot of defense, but who cares? Anthony Davis. Can we talk about him, Black? Talk about it, D. He gave your boy, Carl Anthony Towns, a 50-burger. I'm going to steal something from Shannon Sharp. He gave him a 50-burger with a bunch of sauce and an extra-large fry and didn't give him no nappies when he pulled off at the drive-thru. That's and what he gave him. And let me add something on to that. Sure. He also had an apple pie as well on the side for dessert. Absolutely. Because this man shot no three-pointers at all. Killed the paint. <laughs> I, just, I just thought you should know that. I didn't know Thank you, you know that. Thank you, Black. Yeah. 50 points, <laughs> six assists, seven rebounds in 39 minutes. Oh, 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 oh. Let's not skip over the Kang. Let's, let's not skip over him. So, if you go to your Google search and you kind of look right down on the Anthony Davis, yeah, you'll see Brian had a 32 chicken nugget. <laughs> you'll see Brian had a 32-piece chicken nugget. Hey, sweet and sour sauce. Huh. Let me get a couple of those, boss. <laughs> 13 assists, four rebounds, and guess what? 28 minutes. Brian played 28 minutes last night and gave you a 32-piece? If he would have gave you 39 minutes, Lord knows we would have had two players in 50. They listen to me, man. This is this is set up so perfect for LeBron, man. 28 minutes. 28 minutes, Black. 13, 32, 13, some, and 4. Some, some games he would have been playing 40 minutes mm-hmm. with those numbers, man. Yeah. Yeah. And want to shine the rest of the squad, too. You know, JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee gave us uh, 7 and 5. We had Caldwell Pope giving us uh, nine, uh, 9 points, gave us three threes. We had Danny Green giving us 12 points. We had Alex... Caruso, Black, no. I might be getting his jersey. 16 points, four assists, four rebounds. Of course, Rondo was out with uh, 30 minutes. And Rondo might want to be careful, man. You know, with Caruso playing like he playing, I know Rondo will play, but uh, Rondo might be giving up some of the minutes, man, because yeah. Caruso is athletic. I know it's going to be tough with Avery Bradley getting ready to set to come back yeah. soon. So We're going to have to do something. We're going to see. We're going to have to do something, yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know what's up with my boy Cools, man. Like, Cools been – Kind of struggling with his offense and not really shooting coasting, the ball. Man. I think he's just coasting right now. And I also think he's trying to fit in. I think he's trying to find his spot coming off the bench with the Lakers. Because he came in and had some pretty good games when he came back from that foot injury. He did. But this week, he kind of struggled a bit, man. He kind of struggled. But I know Kuz will be okay. Um, LeBron will make sure he's okay. But, you know, cool, cool. Keep, keep playing, man. Keep hooping if you just so happen to hear this. I want to shout out the birthday boy, Dwight Howard, yesterday, man. Had some eight points. Eight points yesterday and another six rebounds. So, big win do you for like, our Lakers. Do you, I'm liking what we're getting out of Dwight, man. Oh, like, yes. yes. I think people, like, yes. was calling for the end of the road for Dwight. And he still. And rightfully so. And rightfully, yeah. rightfully so. But he he's proving everybody wrong again, man, that he can come in. Uh, off the bench and then give you high quality minutes, right? Rebounds and points. Oh, everything and rebounding in the paint, everything good defensively. Too. Good energy. You know, it's like it's like uh, Anthony Davis set the tone when he's in there, mm-hmm. and then he just comes in and and keeps it going. Good energy, man. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to the beginning of the week with our Lakers, because uh, you're going to get this segment every week, folks. You're just going to have to, mm-hmm. all right? Because we are Laker and LeBron supporters here, and we are riding. Uh, with the team. So let's go back to the beginning of the week when y'all say we didn't play nobody. When I say y'all, I'm talking about your haters on Twitter. Shout out to the Laker Empire and Laker Nation on Twitter as well. Tuesday night, December 3rd, the Lakers went into Denver. A lot of NBA players say this is the toughest place to play in the league due to the high altitude. 
105-96 Lakers win. Wednesday night, back-to-back, on the road. Another place where it's hard to play at. From NBA players, at high altitude. We went to Utah and smacked that by almost 30. 121-96. Oh, yeah. And then Friday night, we were still on the West Coast trip. We went up to Portland. Smack that. Smack that, 136-113. to 113. <laughs> So, if you look at every game the play, Lakers played this week, Black, they weren't close, Black. They weren't. We made a statement all week long. But I want to stop by one place, Black. I want to go back to Utah. And I want to address something that happened uh, with my man LeBron James in Utah when they took care of business. Uh, LeBron was pulled out of the game uh, in the fourth quarter. Lakers was up almost uh, 30 points. And I just want to play you a clip from the Utah Jazz announcers when LeBron was celebrating the team basket. Uh, everybody was playing well. LeBron was on the bench done for the night. I just want to play this clip. Tony blocked by Kuzma. Got it back. Big fella turns. And the crowd continues to fight. Blocked again. Look at LeBron. He's on the court. With no shoes, mind you. What is going on here? That's some disrespect right inside, Tony. Okay, so if you didn't hear exactly what was said at the end, okay, the Utah Jazz announcer was crying and complaining that LeBron was celebrating with no shoes on. His shoes were off. He was in his white NBA socks. He was celebrating, yeah, and cheering for his teammates, um, scoring the bucket. But you want to know why LeBron James' shoes was off? You want to know why these announcers were so uh, wrong in their analysis on LeBron James. I'm going to read something here from LeBron James. This is why LeBron's shoes were off. This is what's not talked about about LeBron James during the game on the road in Utah. LeBron James gave away his shoes to two young fans, two custom LeBron 17s. Not only did he give them the shoes, he signed them in Utah. They weren't in LA Black. They were in Utah. And this is LeBron via Instagram addressing the criticism from the Utah Jazz uh, announcers and people who had something to say via LeBron James. Imagine doing your job at the highest level to where you're not needed anymore. Giving your shoes to a little girl and boy who you inspire and hope you made them proud that night. Then cheering on your team is because you love seeing them succeed more than yourself only to be criticized while doing it. People, it's the world we live in and you can't let it ever stop you from your purpose in life. Negativity, bad energy, hate, envy, etc., etc., will try to bring you down throughout your journey. And it's up to you on how you handle it. I handle it by simply saying thank you with a smile on my face and continue to push forward while doing it. Live, love, laugh, LeBron James. So these Utah Jazz announcers, here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go talk to Coach Quinn Snyder, Ingles, Mitchell, any, uh, oh, the, 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 the stifle tower, Rudy Gobert. If you want LeBron James to still have his sneakers on, still be on the floor, tell him to play some defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell, tell him to get in the lane and tell him to block some of LeBron's shots. Mm-hmm. Tell him to play better uh, sequence on defense. Also, and while you're at it, Black, while the Utah Jazz announcers are going to talk to Quinn Snyder them and tell him to play some defense, how about you tell him to play some offense too? Tell him to score the basketball to keep LeBron James on the floor. That's how he would have been out there without being in his socks on the hardwood. And now, at the same time, how about you recognize a man for making the little kid's dream come true? Exactly. And two, and, and two little kids that had Utah jerseys on, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. they had Utah gear on. And, and was ecstatic and crying after the fact. And guess what, Black? They <laughs> weren't in the front row, Black. They oh, they was up there. They, they, they were in the nosebleeds. Yeah. They was in the nosebleeds, mm-hmm. and LeBron took care of them. Not only did he give him the shoe, he signed the shoe. 
Do you know how much those shoes are going to be worth one day, Black? If those children decide that they want to give them up for auction or something like that, hopefully they don't. Because no amount of money, no amount of money, in my opinion, can value what that moment will represent for them. Exactly. They met the best player probably ever and gave them a sacred gift. So Utah Jazz announcers, all you critics out there who got something to say about LeBron and, and how he was handling himself, how about y'all go find y'all something to do? Okay. Just go find something to do. Do your job. Yeah, do your and job. Just, and just be quiet. Yeah, just you shut know, your it, mouth. It just seemed like, it just seemed like uh, the Lakers is getting a lot of hate, man, because they rolling right now. They're rolling right Big now. Time. Like, I, I, it, they just pick, they just nitpicking that little things yeah. that, that don't make sense to nitpick about, man. Yeah. Yeah, Y'all was, just enjoy this ride, man, like everybody else. We enjoying it. <laughs> we enjoying this every single night. Yep. I'm loving back-to-backs now. Yeah. I'm loving them. Oh, yeah. You know, because... And 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 I love to see exactly what Anthony Davis said. They are putting to fruition. We will not lose back to back games all year. That's the goal. That's all the goal. Year. And I believe they're going to do that. Yeah. I believe they're going to do that. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure the Utah Jazz uh, announcers kind of rethought their thoughts and. Hopefully, they get their act together next time the Lakers come into Utah. Because we'll be back. Yes, we will. Yeah. That won't be the only time we'll be there. <laughs> All right. All right, so something interesting, Black, that happened in the NBA this past week. I found it very interesting. I actually did some research on it. Uh, on, I believe it was Wednesday night, uh, the Houston Rockets were in San Antonio. All right. Um, they were up 108 to 89 in the fourth quarter with about seven minutes and some change left. James Harden went for a dunk. He dunked it, but the referees didn't credit him for the dunk. The, for some reason, the referee said, no, the dunk didn't go all the way through the net. It got caught up by the net and pushed back out. But replay showed that the dunk did go through the net. Well, they didn't even challenge the play. So, game goes on. The Rockets end up losing that game in overtime. And the Rockets were protesting to replay the last seven minutes and some change of that game from when James Harden Two points was not counted. Now, I went back and did some some research. Like, wow, has this ever happened for a team to kind of protest and the game had restarted and, and got replayed? Well, it actually happened, Black. Back in 1997, uh, while Shaquille O'Neal was playing for the Miami Heat, they credited Shaquille O'Neal with six fouls when he only should have gotten five, and they fouled Shaq out. The Lakers went on, the, excuse me, the Heat went on to lose that game. Well, the Heat appealed that and asked for the final one minute and 42 seconds to be played the next time they played the Hawks, like add it on to the game, play wait, play the last minute and 42 seconds, and then start the new game with the Hawks. And the NBA granted that. They granted mm-hmm. that. So the Heat and the Hawks came in, fourth quarter, one minute and 42 seconds left. The Heat ended up winning that game. So it flip-flopped. They took the loss away and gave them the dub, and then they took an intermission and then started the new game. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, the officials screwed up greatly. Those two points should have counted for James Harden. Now, it was a lot of time left in the game, and it went to overtime. So I was saying, they're not going to replay, restart this game. And today the NBA came out and said, no, we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to discipline the officials. And the Rocks are saying, hey, man, that, that could have cost us a point, and a loss in the it's standings. It's not like you lost by two points, though. No, well, you didn't. That's what I don't get about it. Mm-hmm. The, and I understand everything. If it, you know, the the refs might have screwed up. You know, discipline the refs and just move on. 
I'm pretty sure you play the Spurs a couple more times. This they do. Year. They play them three more. And uh, I don't. I don't understand the big deal about uh, protesting it. It's you know. I mean, because they, that, it was a mess because they didn't get the points that James Harden uh, scored. They they took points. the points away. Yeah, but you know they was up one away ninety eighty seven. So they feel like those two points could have did something. But I feel what you're saying, you know. But hey. You can give them the two points after the game was over. They still would have lost. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's my thing. I'm like, right. you went to overtime and you still lost. So right. I found that interesting. Let's say they did give him the two points. Yeah. Does it really change the scenario of the game? Uh, it was a lot of time left in the fourth quarter. It was seven minutes and some change left in the fourth quarter. So, I don't know how much it would have changed, Black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. All right. So, we're going to review the standings in the NBA. Or we're going to start in the Western Conference. Of course, you got the 21-3 Lakers sitting at the number one seed. The Clippers did some work this week. They are now the two seed right behind the Lakers, setting up for December 25th, baby. We're going to get into that a little later, all right? 18-7 Clippers uh, sitting at the two seed. Mavs still hanging in there, man. Luka Doncic is still playing out his mind. He tied the record of the most 25 points, five rebounds, five assists game uh, with Michael Jordan. All right, there's only one other player who did that, and that was LeBron James. All right, so Luka Doncic did it 18 straight games. Tied right now with Michael Jordan. All right, you got the Rockets at 15 and 7, the Nuggets at 14 and 7. Black, what's wrong with uh the Joker? What's wrong with Jokic? I don't know what's going on with This Jokic, man is man. out here averaging seven points a game. That's crazy to me. He's not looking well, Black. He's not. Denver was one of the teams people were saying. And he was balling out his killing. mind last year. First team all NBA last year. Yeah. He was regarded preseason, top five player in the league. Preseason. They had him mm. over Joel Embiid. As the best big man in the league when the season started. Mm-hmm. And Jokic is looking stank. Yeah, I don't know what's there. going on with Denver now, man. Yeah, but the Nuggets are 14-7, sitting at 5. Jazz at 13-10. and 10. And we're not used to seeing this in the Western Conference. Your 7th seed Phoenix Suns are 10-12. and 12. We're not used to seeing poor records in the West. And then the Thunder are 10-12 and 12 as the 8th seed. That's crazy. So I don't, I don't know. I don't I see. We got a log pile right there, though, with those teams with seven losses, though. It's a yeah, you got the Suns, right the Thunder, and the Timberwolves at ten and twelve, and right below them, one game out, you got the Kings, the Spurs, and the Trailblazers. Man, all sitting at nine and fourteen. So it it's looks crazy. That's 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 really crazy for the West, man. Because you think the West would be a little more better, it's not a little more, a little more better than that. You have teams that was in the top six all year in in Portland. That's nine and what fourteen? You just said. Yeah, nine that's, and fourteen. That's 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 surprising, right? Now. And I know CJ was out. I know Dame missed a few games, but man, Portland, man, I don't. I hope y'all not gonna wait to the last minute to get this thing going, but we'll see. So that's the Western Conference. We're gonna take a trip to the Eastern Conference as well. All right, of course we have the number one seeded uh, freight train Milwaukee Bucks sitting at twenty and three. They are one game out of the best record. In the NBA, but Black, they don't want 14 straight. And Giannis ain't playing. D, let me say this before you continue, <laughs> Yes, man. sir. I know we got a lot going on. You yeah. Know, like you said, Christmas coming. We're yeah. going to get into that. Yeah. And I know we're going to get into this at some point. For sure. Uh, D, when the Lakers and the Bucks play. My God. I'm... <laughs> I'm just ready. D, I'm My just God. ready. That's all I'm going to say about it because I know we're going to get into that. My God. We might have something special for that day when it comes. Yeah. I'm just yeah. ready for I'm just ready for that, but uh, they're playing out of their minds. Yeah, man. And remember all the doubters said, oh, man, they gave up too much. Yeah. Oh, uh, they should have kept Brogdon. Yeah. 
Uh, no. Doesn't look like they need Brogdon right now. Uh, not sitting at 20 you got, and 3. You, you got, uh, what's my guy named Hill who played for the Cavs? Balling. Yep, George Hill. George Hill is balling mm-hmm. this year. I mean, just to see, uh, Middleton and Eric Bledsoe's playing a lot better playing than he's. Playing a lot better. Than he played last he year. He is. The Lopez and, brothers. And then, then Giannis just out of his mind. Terrorizing, no surprise. Man. He is terrorizing. terrorizing, man. What this guy does on the last two years, the way he does it, Y'all know what he does, and he yeah. still continues to terrorize teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 insane to me. Mm-hmm. Look, man, they destroyed the Clippers the other night. They destroyed them, black. They almost beat the Clippers by forty. <laughs> and I was listening to the TV, man. I could have sworn I heard your boy. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you hey, definitely hey, heard hey. that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Giannis went up for a dunk. A dunk. He split. Uh, Paul George. And he split uh, Kawhi Leonard. He split him, bro, and yammed it. And that's when I could have sworn I heard your boy, man. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, I could have sworn I heard him, Black. Hey, hey, hey. So, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, man, they are playing well. Like, like I said, again, they don't want 14 straight, okay? Um, what else we got going on? We got the Milwaukee, excuse me, we got the Boston Celtics sitting at 17 and 5. Uh, playing well. They get going. Hey, we're back tonight. Uh, Kimba, we were talking before the show, and Black was saying, man, it's just so obvious that uh, Kimba Walker's a much better fit than Kyrie Irving, and Boston 17-5 and five, looking pretty good. Yeah. yeah uh, good ball. Yeah, and then we got, they got my sleeper team, man. We got the Heat, man. Tyler Hero and, and Jimmy Butler, who's been playing some point guard. I think that's Fred's sleeper team, D. You think so? Yeah, I, I remember Fred saying that's his sleeper team this year. Shout out, Fred. Shout out, Fred, though. <laughs> yeah, I could have remember when we was doing this before the season started, he gave Miami Heat as his sleeper team. All right, all yeah, right, yeah. all right. Shout out, Fred, <laughs> man. But I like this Heat team, man. I like Tyler yeah, Hero, man. playing man. good ball. Good coach. You got a good head coach. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of oh. young talent in. To see Jimmy Butler be the the face of this team and the leader, yep. it's 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 amazing. And people were looking at him like, "Why go to Miami?" Yep. This is the reason why he went to Miami, so he could be the man and lead these young guys, you know. And they're doing some good things. Yeah, man, he just you know just fitting right on in, man. Just just fitting in there, Jimmy Butler, man. Got the Heat seventeen and six. Uh, we got seventy sixers climbing back in the position. They've been playing a little well. Joel Embiid's kind of sidelined right now with a little ankle injury. Ben Simmons been playing well. Hit his second three last week, Black, of his entire career. And I think it's so hilarious when the fans just go crazy when he hits a three point shot. You got the Raptors at fifteen and seven. The Pacers fifteen and nine. The Nets at thirteen and ten. Kyrie Irving should be back this week. And you got the Magic at eleven and eleven. Man, I wish we can get to that Lakers game, man. You know, the Lakers will be in Orlando uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Tomorrow yeah. night, then they'll be in Miami, man. Well, they're going on their little East Coast run, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, here, they're down south right now, getting ready to go on their East Coast run. So, a lot of good basketball in the NBA. A lot's happening out there, man. It's uh, pretty, uh, pretty fun, man. I, I love the NBA. It's great. So, before we move on from the NBA, I just want to share a quick little story uh, that I saw. Uh, over the weekend, and uh, uh, shout out to Fat Joe, the rapper Fat Joe, man. He was on Complex, and he was asked, if, if anybody knows Fat Joe's involvement with basketball, he really brought the Rucker, uh, the Rucker League in New York City to, like, prominence, man, like uh, popularity to the highest form of basketball. And I uh, just want to share a little story about something he said about Kevin Durant, so I'm going to play the uh, clip here, all right? 
Who's the best player that you ever seen at the Rutgers? Kevin Durant, man, he scored like eighty something. Yo, I'm not lying, man. Yeah, was, like it was like six. They stopped the they game. The they game was gonna there. beat yeah, him he up. He had to run in the car. I don't know why God had me there. I was there. <laughs> like I wasn't coaching nothing. I could not believe it. They was taking it out, throwing it in bounds. He was here and he was shooting from here to the other side of the court with five guys jumping in his face. He didn't even have to take one step. And he was just, that's when I knew he was, that boy was incredible. They chased him out the park. You knew about that? I didn't know they chased him out, but I, I did see him again. Chased him out the park. They want to beat him up. <laughs> White chocolate and I was mad. And he ain't played bums. He was playing top quality Rucker players. He gave them the business. He must have told his team, yo, I'm coming to score 80. Like, give me the ball they just kept feeding the every rock. second. That's All right, crazy, man. man. That's a funny story, <laughs> ain't it, Black? Yeah, that's a funny story that, right there, That's man. a funny story, man. Like I said, Fat Joe, man, he, like I said, he brought the Rucker to, uh, you know, prominence, man, and, and, and you know, big hip-hop superstar, Fat Joe, hip-hop legend, and just to hear that story, because we, we would never hear stuff like that. You, you know, ESPN yeah. and, and Bleach Report, they're not at those events. And just to hear the mere fact that Kevin Durant scored 60-plus points and the opposition wanted to beat him up and they chased him out of Rucker Park is hilarious, bro. I just wish we could have had, like, some footage or something on that, man. I just think that was, like, super, super, super funny, man. All right, so that wraps up our NBA talk, man. And we're going to transition into the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Black, we have a mega, mega car, Black, this Saturday night. I don't think we've ever had three world titles on a car before. I, I, I was going back trying to look to see if we did, but I don't think we've, we've ever had it. So all my MMA fans, let's just get straight into it. We have the welterweight championship on the line. Uh, very intense fight. Uh, Kamara Usman, welterweight champion at 170, defending against Kobe Covington. At featherweight, we got arguably the pound-for-pound best fighter in the UFC right now, Max Holloway, defending his featherweight championship against <laughs> a very game, Alexander, no. yes, sir, uh, Volkanvisky. I know I'll butcher your name, my man, and I'm sorry. All right. And then we have the greatest female fighter of all time. And it's not even close. We have women's double champ champ defending her bantamweight championship, Amanda Nunes, against Jermaine D. Rodme. All right, at nine and three, that's her record. Let's go back up to the top, Black, before we give Amanda Nunes all the, the respect she deserves. This grudge match, this 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 confrontation with Usman and Covington has been brewing, man, for a long time. So, Black, let's get to it. What you seeing in this fight? And who going to win this, man? Yeah, man. Uh, we talked about this. Actually, mm -hmm. we had a conversation about this mm -hmm. last week. And I was saying, D, it's just, it's just something about Covington, man. He just, his war of words with, with Usman. And mm -hmm. he's in Usman's head. And mm -hmm. we feel like Usman's going to come out. Guns are blazing trying to get him out of here. And we believe it may work into Covington's favor. Yeah. You know, um, yep. Covington is, is is a good fighter overall. Good wrestler, absolutely. Good ground game off the charts. Not saying that Usman's not it, his game is is not the same as as it's, Covington's. It's better, but it's better. Yes, you have to realize he beat 
the welterweight champion of the world Tyron and, and Tyron Woodley, a big 170 pounder, in devastating guy, fashion, unanimous, dominated, won every single round. Mm-hmm. You know, so this fight is going to be a really interesting one here. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing this one. Oh man, this uh, this got fight of the night written all over it for yep. me. So you know, hopefully, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to say my pick yet. Okay, in this fight, but um, I think it's going to be a good one. You know, uh, <laughs> at some time if we get, we get by, well, next time we on we it's going to be over. So I guess I got to get my pick. You huh? do. I got to get my. Who's pick. Who's going to so. win this fight? The fight is this Saturday. I'm going to roll with Covington, man, in this fight. Okay. I'm going to roll with Covington. I thought about it a little bit. I think this guy's going to impose his will. And I think Ooh. I think uh, Usman is going to come out looking for the knockout to get this guy out of here. I don't think he's going to stick to his game plan. Because I think Covington is in his head so much that he just want to knock him out in devastating fashion. Yeah. But that's not Usman's game. No. And we know that. And I think that's how it's going to be. So... I'm going to get this one to Covington. Well, I'm shocked by that. Um, okay, cool. I, I think this is also. I think this is going to be a chess match. I think if Usman is smart, he gets in there. He he gets his hands on him if he can. He gets him down to the ground and he does his work, just like he did with Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley tried to bait him as well, saying you don't want to stand with me. He's going to turn into a wrestling match, but I'm the better wrestler. I'm the collegiate uh, All American, which Tyrone Woodley was. But that Nigerian strength. That that <laughs> that African grit yeah. that Usman got, that's something different. That struggle, that struggle strength, mm-hmm. that's what Usman got. This boy was hungry, man. No one wanted to give him a chance. No one. This man is 15 and 1. He 15 and 1. No one wanted to give his man a chance, man. And he went in there and absolutely dominated Tyrone Woodley. Yes, he Kobe did. Covington can't stand him. I think he's a punk. I think he's a jerk. I think he's just he just gets on my last nerves. Black. I agree. I agree. But he's a very good fighter. And he is to be respected and he is to be taken extremely serious. And if Usman has let this boy get in his head and gets him off his game plan, Usman might be going to sleep. Because <laughs> Covington has that good of hands, man. He can throw the combos. He can get you going. And he is strong. But I'm going to go with uh, Usman. I think Usman is going to get it done. I want to think Usman is strong enough and smart enough to play. Like, you know what? I'm going to get him down this ground, and I'm going to beat his brains in. I'm going to suffocate him, make it uncomfortable for him. I'm going to get him out of here. So I'm going to go with Usman. Would I be shocked if Covington wins? No. So I'm going to go TKO Usman. TKO. In the fourth round. On the ground. Punches. Ooh. I'm gonna go TKO Usman in the fourth round because that strength is 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 something serious, man. It's something serious. All right, Black. Let's go to the featherweight, the co-main event of the night. We got Max Holloway defending the one forty-five pound championship against a very game Alexander Volkovskin. You have arguably the greatest featherweight of all time with Max Holloway. Uh, very great fighter, fan favorite. Uh, he brings it every night, every fight, man. He brings it. So, Black, what do you see between uh, Max and Alexander, man? Who's going to get the win, and what kind of fight you think it's going to be? Max, bless Holloway, man. Bless! One of my favorite fighters in the UFC. This guy is a ball of energy. Cardio king. Yep. I think Max does what he's been doing since he won the belt, man. Just mm-hmm. 
overwhelming all his opponents, man. Over, overwhelming this guy. I know I know he's good. He's he's a good really good fighter, you know, top notch. He's a dog. But I think Max with, you know, his overwhelming power, you know, uh cardio through the roof, never stops, always coming forward. I think Max uh win this one in a five round. I think it go five rounds. All five? I think it go all five. I could be wrong, but I'm feeling a five rounder here. Total domination by Max Holloway. Total domination? Yeah, total domination. Oh, black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Alexander? Yes, I have. Have okay. you seen Max? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. Against featherweights. Have you seen Max against featherweights? I have. No oh, one's okay. been able to do anything with him. Yeah, exactly. I'm also going to go with Max Bless Holloway to win this fight. All right. And, um. I was so close to picking Alexander to upset Max. Really? I was very close. I was very Wow. <laughs> this dude's power and he is fast. He's dangerous, man. This is Holloway's most dangerous fight, man. It's his most dangerous fight as a featherweight. Ortega won the dangerous fight. Anybody else who was at 45, he beat Aldo, no problem. Like, no, no, no. This dude here. He the real deal. He the one, huh? He a superior athlete. Former okay. Olympian. Fast hands. Good ground game. Very quick, man. He's very quick, and I'm nervous for Max. Hmm. But I'm going to ride with Max. I'm not nervous for Max. I'm nervous for him, man. This dude is legit. I'm going to roll with Max. I'm also go five rounds because I don't see this kid getting stopped. I don't see Alexander getting stopped, man. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go max in five in a close one. I'm mm. talking three round, three rounds to like two. Split decision type of yeah. something? Mm. I'm talking split decision, okay. Black. And I'm nervous for this fight. I'm not. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm glad you're not, but I am. All right, so let's get into her, man. Um, she's probably my favorite fighter uh, right now to watch. Got the greatest female fighter of all time. Uh, we have arguably top 10 fighter ever in MMA history mm-hmm. with Amanda Nunes. Uh, she would have to be. She's the greatest female fighter of all time. Champ, champ. All right. 18 and four. Put up the Bantamweight Championship against Jermaine uh, Rondamine. Kickboxing specialist. Has decent hands. Very tall. Very big fighter. Very long reach. She's way bigger than Amanda. Black, what you seeing in this fight, man? Um what you think? How you think the fight's gonna go? And let's get a winner. Um, I, I think it could. I think it could be a good one. Cause yeah. uh, I don't want to butcher her name. I think what, Amanda. Uh, Amanda. I mean, uh, uh, Jermaine. Sorry, Jer- Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine put up yeah. a good, a, good, a pretty good fight against her the first time they met. Correct? She did. So uh, I think I think this could be a good one, but uh, I don't think it lasts for long. Mm. I think uh, I think Amanda opposes her wheels with those hands, the power in both hands. Oh we've seen. Um, she's going to have to be really disciplined because, like you said, this girl, uh, she's a kickboxing specialist, and she had the kids coming from everywhere. So, oh. yeah, man, I think Amanda win this one. Maybe I'm thinking third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, KO. I mean, what uh, technic TKO? TKO. Yeah, I think somewhere around mm-hmm. that. Around that range, but okay. I think Amanda's come comes away with the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. Uh, I think Amanda comes away with the win. I got a TKO in the second round. I don't think Jermaine, uh, Jermaine is fast enough. 
Um, Amanda's quick with her hands. We saw with the Cyborg fight. Cyborg is one of the fastest punt throws or punches we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Amanda was faster than her. I watched Jermaine fight a few times, man. She has a lot of power. If she connects with a head kick, you're going to sleep. Yeah. Very good kickboxer. Um, but I just don't see this. The speed is going to be her problem. Amanda can get in there two or three times before Jermaine probably can get off one. Now, Amanda needs to be careful. Now, what I love about Amanda, she's disciplined and she's going after greatness. We haven't seen her get rocky, talk too much trash, kind of get beside herself like you call McGregor's and stuff like that. She's staying focused, um, trying to maintain her reign as the greatest female fighter ever. Um, I don't think no one's close to threatening her by any means. Even if she does, let's say she loses. She's still the greatest ever. But I don't think she loses this Saturday. So I think it's going to be, I ain't going to say an easy win, but I'm going to say smooth win because the speed's going to, Make the difference, and I think Nunes gets the and win. And I feel like if she win this fight, like, where do they go from here with her? It's like she's running out of people to knock out, you know. But we'll see, man. I'm we'll just, see. We'll like see. Like you say, man, the greatest woman to, yeah, greatest to ever female do fight it, ever, man, ever. You know, ever. and I mean, two of the women that we thought were the best, she KO'd them both. See you. So, uh, see you later. First round. In devastating fashion, First both round. women. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm excited for Amanda Nunes to see what she go and it's looking like she's going to keep defending both belts too as well. So, yep. but we'll see what you know, and that hasn't been done for a long period of time in the UFC. So nope. we'll see what happens with her. Definitely, definitely. And I will be remiss, man, if we don't speak on two other legends who will be participating on this card. Like I said, loaded card, man. Jose Aldo, uh, arguably. Uh, greatest featherweight, one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. He'll be on this car faces Marlon Moraz. And then you have Uriah Faber, the California kid, coming off a great returning fight, knocking out his last opponent in the first round under 10 seconds. He's getting back in there, man. Uh, he's facing uh, a Petre Yan. All right, this kid's 13-1, and going to be fighting that bantamweight. So tremendous card, loaded card uh, for UFC uh, 245 this Saturday night on uh, ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And, of course, we'll be covering all the results uh, on our next episode. So, all my MMA fans, y'all hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram. Y'all kind of talk to us because we'll be on there tweeting uh, during uh, these mega, mega fights. So excited. All right, man. So, we're going to transition into the WWE Black. And, uh, you know, let's get it right, man. For life. For life. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, the reason we're playing uh, the NWO's music is because some very huge news came out today, Black. Uh, the New World Order, the NWO, is going into the WWE Hall of Fame, man. The announcement came down to new, new, new. I like that part. New, new, new world order. All right. So they're going to be going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, They are the first pick going into the class of 2020. But they're going to stick it to four members. Uh, You're going to have Hall, Nash, the icon, Hulk Hogan. And then they're going to put uh, X-Pac. Well, he was six in in WCW. They're going to put X-Pac six in as well. They kind of deemed them the four core members of the NWO, and that's how it kind of went. So, first it was Hall and Nash, then Hogan. The fourth member was the Big Show, Paul White, and then the fifth member was uh, X Pop. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of how it kind of went. But they're going into the WWE Hall of Fame, and they will be accompanied 
by Dave Batista. They're going to be accompanied by Dave Batista going into the uh, Hall of Fame. So shout out to the NWO. I'm going to be excited to see that, uh, see those guys get inducted uh, into the WWE Hall of Fame. All right, so we're going to move into uh, our next topic, probably one of our most uh, popular segments. I get a lot of feedback uh, from this segment here, and uh, let's go ahead and get it going. Right, so let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about the fiend Bray Wyatt. All right, so um, this week in the WWE got kind of interesting, man. Uh, talking about the fiend, your current Universal Champion for the SmackDown brand. Um, we was all kind of locked in on him versus uh Daniel Bryan, uh, and and, and their rematch, which we believe is going to happen at TLC if they haven't confirmed that yet. But a little interesting, um take happened that kind of threw me off guard on SmackDown with The Miz and The Fiend. Um, the Miz has been trying to get Bray Wyatt to come on the show and 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 be a part of um, one of the episodes on, on Miz TV, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't happened yet. And Daniel Bryan and uh, The Miz have been going back and forth. Daniel Bryan is, is, I mean, The Miz is trying to get Daniel Bryan to snap out of it, trying to get him in his mindset that, you know, you can go after The Fiend, you know, you can beat The Fiend. And the Fiend didn't like that too much that The Miz got in his business. So on Friday Night SmackDown, uh, The Fiend was playing mind games with, with The Miz. The Miz went into, a, 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 I want to say, a closet or something like that. And there was a picture of The Miz's wife, Maurice, and their two children. But The Fiend was holding The Miz's new baby, newborn baby. He was holding it in the picture. And the Miz, you just saw him salivating, like getting pissed and getting angry. And I loved it, man. I wish I would have had the clip. The Fiend comes behind and says, say cheese. <laughs> and Miz turns around. He catches him. Sister Abigail right there on the floor. Lays the Miz out, man. It was it was so dope because I didn't, I didn't really expect that to happen. So I'm wondering, what are they going to do with this? Are they going to add the Miz into the match with Daniel Bryan? Will the Fiend have a match with the Miz before he faces Daniel Bryan? Because they haven't named the stipulations of this match that him and Daniel Bryan are going to have. But just off that, you were saying earlier about The Undertaker, these mind games that this guy's playing, it's so entertaining, man. It is, man. We don't get stuff like this. We don't. We this don't is, get it. And I remember you saying, like, this character is going to just blow up. Yep. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. We're yep. seeing it when we're seeing it with the fiend, and like you say, with the mind games. And yep. who would have ever thought like little stuff like this? Pictures with uh, other wrestlers' babies, yep. and I mean, Their family. Yep. The WWE is kicking butt with this character. Yep. They're doing a great job with this character. Yep. And um, I hope shoot, I hope it's a triple threat match. Because, okay. like, like you said, they're kind of showing Daniel Bryan and The Miz going back and forth, mm-hmm. and Bray Wyatt. I mean, and you know, and The Fiend, mm-hmm. and The Miz going back and forth with yep. the, and all that. I think it's only right to do a triple threat match mm-hmm. with this. 
Yeah, I, I, it, it's just interesting, man. And like I said, you know, we're gonna doing a better job here at the Sports Desk, um, you know, covering the WWE. Also, we had a match made of a TLC. We got the uh, uh, Roman Reigns and King Corbin beef taken off. Uh, King Corbin kind of got back at Roman Reigns this week and. You know, him and his friends came out and soiled dog food all over Roman Reigns and tied him to the goalposts and humiliated him and embarrassed him. And uh, that set up the match between him and um, uh, Roman Reigns and King Corbin at TLC that'll take place uh, this December, all right? Um, so, all in all, Seth Rollins, um, he's been busy on Raw. Looks like he's forming a new stable uh, with the tag team uh, called the, uh, I think, the Something, the House of Pain. I'm sorry, forgive me for not having their names, but they're this big new young tag team. And it looks like, not the Shield, it's not the Shield, but it looks like he's going to have a major heel turn, Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. And he's dressing in all black, wearing suit coats, and kind of like business mobish kind of orientation. He has these two new allies um, with him. So I'm watching that very closely to see where they go because, Black, we're almost to WrestleMania season. Yeah. Royal yeah. Rumble is in January, and that's when WrestleMania season starts. So it's going to be interesting where they're going to turn with uh, Seth Rollins. Okay. So again, congratulations and shout out to the NWO being inducted to the 2020 Hall of Fame class, and shout out to Dave Batista uh, for being inducted to the class as well. So you know, this time of year, we're going to get more announcements of who is going into uh, the Hall of Fame. So uh, that's going to wrap up our WWE talk. All right, we're going to transition into boxing. All right, so this past Saturday Night Black, we had uh, Ruiz Joshua 2. And my God, what a snoozer. So, Black, give me your thoughts on the fight and give me your thoughts on the aftermath of the fight for, for Joshua. Because Ruiz, we pretty much can agree that he's done. He's out of the picture uh, with this loss for the mega fights uh, with this loss. Um Talk to me, man. What you thought about the fight and what's next for Joshua? First of all, I want to say this about Andy Ruiz and we're going to get away from him. To come into this fight, 283 pounds, is really insane to me. It's really insane. That showed me what were you doing in camp. You were just out partying, having a good time because you, you beat the champ. 283 pounds and you show up to a fight. And Disgusting. that type of... In in that in in that type of form and your weight overweight look nasty like, look nasty terrible, but like you said, D we uh we saw a snoozer. Oh man, <laughs> we just seen the stick and move stick and move type of fight the whole fight from round one to round twelve. Yep, it was a god awful fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no way that that was Joshua's game plan to do that the whole fight. You don't think so? It's hard for me to believe that. Okay. That that was his game plan. Because this should have been a statement, right? This should have been a statement. Okay. Like, this guy took your belt. You should have went out there trying to knock him out. Take his skull off. And you yes, put on a, a snoozer. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure people were booing at this fight. Absolutely. In Saudi Arabia, which came on at freaking 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, this this shouldn't even been a pay-per-view fight from what we've seen. Should have been on PBC or whatever it's called. But Joshua <laughs> won the fight. He did. He did what he was supposed to do. And Got the win. Now we move on. We do. Uh, it's, it's, there's really nothing to get into about this fight. <laughs> it was hella trash. <laughs> it was hella trash. Like... Yeah. Y'all yep. put on a god off. If if it wasn't for 
what Deontay Wilder did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Heavyweights, we would be like, what in the hell is going on? What Zach, in the hell is going on? Zach Ertz like, just scored for Black. Black needed a touchdown <laughs> from Ertz. That's why he paused like that. We are live here at the sports days. He I'm needed sorry. It. I needed that. Thank you, Zach Ertz. Yes, I'm in the playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I had to get that off. But, uh, yeah, man, um... I know we have been talking about the heavyweight division, you know, coming back and to have to deal with that in that type of fashion, as big of a fight that was, you had you Terrible. had four you had four belts on the line. Terrible. And to put on a show like that, man, and just to say you won and get your hand lifted, okay, I understand it. You want your you got your belts back, but Anthony Joshua, what do you go from here now? Like, what do you do? You going to mm-hmm. sit and wait on? The winner of uh, Wilder um, Fury. Fury, or are you going to go into this up and coming cruiserweight guy? They saying is pretty much the man, and he's the mandatory for your belts. Right? Are you going to do that? And um, this up and coming guy from cruiserweight, he's not the biggest guy, but no. he has a lot of power in his hands. So mm-hmm. he has a lot of options of what he can do. What I think he's going to do, I think he's going to take his mandatory. I don't think he's going to wait on Wilder mm-hmm. and. Uh, on Wilder and uh, Fury. Mm-hmm. And I think we may be, be looking at potentially if he get past this, this up and coming uh, cruiserweight dude who's uh-huh. just moved up to heavyweight. If he beats him, then we may get the fight that we want uh, fall time, mm-hmm. maybe next year, you know, for uh, maybe summertime. fall the marbles. Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, even, maybe even summertime. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, um, I wasn't impressed. Uh, shout out to Joshua, though, for getting his belts back. Oh, yeah. Cause we re- we really wanted you to be the guy, you know, to to get this thing going. You know, we want to see the good fights. You know, mm-hmm. and we knew we knew Andy Ruiz didn't stand a chance against Fury or uh, De- De- Deontay Wilder. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, man, that's why I stand with that trash fight. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you thought about it, D. I'm pretty sure what your thoughts are going to be on it. Yeah, Black. It was a snoozer. One of the least entertaining fights uh, that I've seen. Um, no one had any real, real good things to say about this fight. Really unfortunate that it went about it. But you know what, Black? I'm just going to tip my hat off to Joshua because he did what he had to do. He knew he needed to win this fight. And he knew he needed to get the belts back. That's what he knew. He, he knew he needed to do that. He knew he couldn't come in there and play a game. And even if he did want to go in there and, and try to knock in Ruiz's head off, he knew he needed to win. And that was the game plan. Stick and move, stick and move, throw the jab. You really believe that? Yeah, because he, he needed to win. He needed to get the belts back so he can get back into the conversation. And I agree with you. Boxing has had, in my opinion, Black, I know you've been more heavy in boxing throughout your life than me, but this has been one of the better years for boxing. It has been. I mean, man, I mean, we've had some really good fights, some really up-and-coming talent and stars being birthed in boxing. And you're right, it did put a little damper. This is the probably what the last big fight of the year in boxing. And Joshua Ruiz just was just a sleep fest, a nap. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't nothing really good about it, but Joshua did what he had to do because he wants the mega fights. And there's two of them out there. It's Wilder and it's Fury. 
And even the guy that's coming up in cruiserweight, that's moved up to heavyweight, that's, that's a good fighter that can, you know, maybe give Joshua a, a, a decent matchup. Uh, so what? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see that fight. I don't even announce that fight. What he needs to do is get back in the gym, wait till February from the winner of Fury and Wilder. That's what he needs to do. Get ready for that. Because no matter which one he faces, it's going to be the fight of his life. It is. The Very fight so. of his life. Deontay, Deontay Wilder says all the time, one champ, one face, one name. That's, that's what this what is all about. Yep. And that's what it's all about. So it makes me sick to see that picture of Anthony Joshua with those belts, with his arms all looking crazy. I had Fred rolling yesterday on the uh, RL podcast uh, that we did. Shout out to RL. You can catch the latest episode on SoundCloud. Uh, it is called Brian's 65 Days. 65-day experience. So, you know, we got the picture of uh, of of Joshua on the sports desk cover. So, y'all can see what we're talking about. I just hate the picture. I'm just looking at this picture like, man, this is trash. But all in all, he did what he had to do. He got the win. He can move on to hopefully the mega fight mm-hmm. between Wilder or Fury. So, that's pretty much all I got to say on it, man. We can kind of move on. Uh, from boxing, but we just, of course, want to stop by and talk about that because this fight was real hype, especially after what happened in the first fight with Ortiz uh, knocking Joshua out, like literally TKO him, getting him out of the paint. Exactly. And this is what we got the second time around. It, it was kind of trash. And like you say, this was the last biggest fight of for the year. Yeah. And what a snoozer, man. Like <laughs> hella trash fight once again. Hella trash. <laughs> um, yeah. You hate that it had to be like that. You know, yeah. I wish we could have ended off with the Wilder and. Uh, <laughs> what's my man's name? He just fought. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Ortiz. Ortiz. I wish we could have finished off with that, man. Yeah. But it is what it is, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to transition uh, to high school basketball. Uh, but currently, excuse me, currently right now we are watching Monday Night Football. It is 17-17. The Giants and the Eagles. Eli Manning is driving down the field. Uh, he hasn't started since I don't know what week four or something like that and he is trying to get it done man and this is amazing to see if old Eli can get out here and get it done I know my man Charles uh, Evans is out here uh, just hooting and hollering probably leaning on your finest Budweiser somewhere because uh, he is uh, a New York football Giants but we're live here at the sports desk alright so we're going to transition into high school basketball and before I kick it off the black I just want to give a special shout out to a young man a Dewan Heartless sophomore guard out of Baldwin High School me and Black went and checked him out uh, they were playing Terry Parker the other night Game didn't go as, as he planned. Terry Parker ended up getting the win. But this kid has a lot of talent. He's only a sophomore. And you can see his potential uh, while he was out there on the basketball floor. So, again, shout out to Dewan Hartless, sophomore guard uh, at Baldwin High School. Shout out to Dewan. Yes, sir. Um, yes, man. We had a, a pretty interesting basket, high school basketball week uh, uh, last week. And on Saturday, we had a, we had a couple good games here. And um, let's just go run down the scores real quick. We had uh, Melbourne uh, against Fleming Island. Melbourne gets the win, sixty-five to sixty. We had uh, we had Paxson, the uh, the Eagles, take on Bowles, a battle of two undefeated teams here in the city. Uh, and Paxson gets the win, sixty-three to forty-five. Good player out there, right? Good player, yeah. Uh, we got I, uh, I. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering his name. Uh, Isaiah Smith. Uh, I'm probably butchering mm-hmm. it so bad. I'm I'm sorry. 
Uh, Isaiah Adams. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Yes, we uh the kid's been doing amazing things uh so far this year. Uh, senior, six five. Uh, he plays everything. He plays everywhere, inside, outside. Mm-hmm. So you know, a kid to watch out for. I'm gonna go go and check him out tomorrow as well. But we had uh Candom County get a win against Mandarin, seventy two to fifty six, and we had West Nassau getting the win over uh Providence. 72 to 69. Okay. And we had University Christian taking the L against First Coast, 54 to 39. So we had some pretty good games going on. It's just kicking off. Basketball is just kicking off. But we, we, it's a few players out here, man. We got to get out and check out Uh, Isaiah Adams. You know, he's doing crazy things. I think first game of the, First game of the year, he had a 35-point game, 12 rebounds, mm. uh, zero assists. Big uh, numbers. Next game, he had 18 points, uh, 10 rebounds. You know, the kid is just, you know, all rural. He's doing his thing. He's ranked in the 300 of players in the nation as well. So, uh, let's get out and check some of these kids out. And then we got, a, you know, a young a young up-and-coming guard. He's a junior this year. We talked to him, talked about him on a, uh, some of our past episodes, uh, a guard from out at West Nassau. Uh, his name is uh, Dylan. His last name is Dylan. I don't. I don't know his first name right now, but he's an up and coming kid too as well. So we're gonna out get of out West of Nassau. Out of West Nassau. So and he's averaging twenty and twenty and five and uh, wow. like five assists as well. So you got some kids out here that's you know just balling, man, on the on the hardwood. So we're gonna get out here and be checking the kids out. We're gonna continue to do our spotlight players of the week mm-hmm. as as the season as the season goes on and on. But, uh, yeah, man, let's go out here and support these kids. We're going to be out a whole lot. I'm happy we was able to get out to the Baldwin game and check this, uh, check the young kid out, up-and-coming yeah, guy. Yep. Uh, he got a lot of potential. We've seen mm-hmm. it. Like D said, we've seen it on the court. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, I'm excited about basketball season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so that's going to wrap up our uh, high school talk, and good luck to to Bowles. All right, good luck to Bowles. They'll oh, be yes. playing for state uh, this weekend. Um, so good luck to them, and hopefully we'll be coming next week and uh, showing Bowles some love for winning another uh, state championship, bringing it back to the city. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to get into um, we're going to get into some uh, other news um, so far here today. All right, so uh, this week, all right, we got the reduced lunch. Fantasy League that's been kicking off. All right. So we are in the playoffs, Black, in the Reduced Lunch Fantasy League. And, you know, just real quick, man, they, they, they made a consolation tournament. That I didn't even know that we was a part of, Black. You know, I'm looking down this thing. They got me the number one seed in consolation tournament with a bye. And they got the whole thing set up. You know, we're free to charge, roll with the winners, my man Black Trees and Pigskin, two girls, one cup, ease on the four boys. But you know who ain't make no tournament? Fred. Fred had a terrible fantasy league. That boy finished 17th. Oh, man. He didn't even make That's the That's cons- out of 18 teams, right? He didn't even make the oh, consolation man. tournament, man. So, Fred, man, come on, man. Let's tighten up next year, man. All right, so let's get into it. All right, so we had two matchups this week in a reduced up fantasy fantasy league. A team has no name, and my man Charles Evans, man, look like he's going to the semifinals. Took care of Dak Street Boys, 106-66. We had Sherwood Seminoles take care of Jon Snow, man, 150-107. So that means a team has no name. We'll play the number one seed, Jamal's Nifty Team, this coming Sunday. We'll also have Sherwood Seminoles taking on my pops, the number two seed. 
All right. Uh, Dedrick's team coming up uh, this Sunday. We should be getting uh, that matchup. All right. So that's a update of the reduced lunch uh, fantasy uh, sports league. All right. So uh, let's see what else we got. All right. So the Heisman finest final finalist, excuse me, black was announced today. Uh, I was kind of surprised with this uh, list black. Uh, we had. Surprise? Well, I, I didn't expect one name to be on here. I didn't expect one name to be on here. So we had quarterback Joe Burrow out of LSU. We had quarterback out of Oklahoma, Justin Fields. We had defensive end Chase Young uh, as a Heisman list, and that's it. That's it. Only three names. No, four names. Who was the last one? And Jalen Hurts. It's four. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes sorry. Jalen Hurts uh, has been invited uh, as well. I, oh, no, no, no. Justin Fields, did he get invited as well? Yeah, it's four, it's four people. It's, so the link I'm looking at is trash. So yeah. ESPN.com, y'all let me down yeah. on my link. So we got Borough, Fields, Hurts, Young, and Fields uh, for the Heisman Finals, which will be this Saturday, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Okay. Also, uh, we got Lane Kiffin. All right. He's announced as a new head coach at Ole Miss. I already mentioned earlier today we had I Mike like Norvell. That. That's, like that. That's a good pickup. That's a I'm intrigued to see how he's going to yes. do at Ole Miss, especially over there uh, in that division. Um, so we're going to see how that uh, works out. Um, let's see what else we got. We got uh, Kevin Love is on the trade block. Uh, Kevin Love is on the trade block. What is this? Jamal, who is this? Okay. We got uh, uh, Kevin Love on the trade block. Uh, the Celtics, the Blazers, and the Heat are all interested in grabbing him in a, in a trade. Mm. So whoever gets Kevin Love is going to blow their team up now. If the Heat can get Kevin Love, that, that's going to be a nice piece hey, of man. We yeah, might man. Be, we might be talking, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, man. Yeah. If they can get that. And if the Celtics get him, we definitely talking NBA Finals. If they get him. Oh, man, him and Bob. Oh, oh man. my God. So, we'll, let's play that close attention. And I just want to give a shout-out to you, David Fisdale. I know you are breathing a sigh of relief after being relieved of your duties <laughs> for the New York Trash Knicks. <laughs> uh, Fisdale was let go uh, by the Knicks, and um, I'm sure he couldn't be happier. That is a bomb fire over there, sir. All right. And then uh, Riverboat Ron was released. Uh, Ron Rivera was released by the Carolina Panthers uh, this week. Uh, I was kind of sad to see him get fired during the season. The Panthers yeah. not going to make the playoffs. I feel like kind of let Ron ride it out. But this owner wants to get it going and get a new start. And uh, word on the street is they're going to throw a whole bunch of dollars at Harbaugh from Michigan. That's word on the street. They're going to go throw a whole bunch of money out that way to see if they can get Harbaugh to leave Michigan and come to uh the Carolina Panthers. Then I just want to say this for you before you move on. I'm sure. just ready for Black Monday. Yeah, Black I wonder Monday, why. Man. I wonder uh, why. Yeah, Cuz we know who Monday. we didn't talk about today. Yeah, 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 but that's cool. We don't have to go there. But uh <laughs> I'm just ready for Black Monday. You can go ahead. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Tell for Black. And last but not least, man, let's pay some homage. Today is the 63rd, well, excuse me. This past week was the 63rd birthday of a legend. Larry Legend to be specific. Larry Bird turns 63 years old. And if it wasn't for LeBron James, he'd be the greatest small forward <laughs> to ever play. So we want to salute Larry Bird, one of the greatest basketball players, greatest shooters, greatest three-point shooters of all time. Just a historian, man. And we just want to show our respect here uh, at the sports desk. All right. 
All right, so as always in our things to watch for, we've given it all to you. UFC 245, the Heisman Trophy presentation, uh, NFL uh, marquee games coming up, co college football talk. We're going to be talking about the recruiting, college bowl games and everything, NBA games as well. And, Black, we got some 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 boxing news that just came out. Yes, yes, we got uh, we got Terrence Crawford fighting this weekend uh, as well, 8 o'clock on, uh, on ESPN. Okay. Um, I can't pronounce – I don't know this guy now. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> uh, but it's a good card. We got uh, – we got Richard Comey versus uh, Patino Lopez, up and coming two up and coming fighters that are fighting for a belt. So we got a good undercard, and we get to see Terrence Crawford before the year's out. 10-4-10-4-10-4. All right, so that's pretty much gonna wrap us up here at the Sports Desk, uh, episode thirty-three. And again, man, we just like want to show all our support to you guys supporting us. So thank you for all the listens. Uh, all the likes on Instagram and Twitter, all the retweets um, and interactions, man. We thank y'all, man, for everything uh, that y'all do for us here at the Sports Desk. And, um, of course, please hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Dedra Hicks Jr. And you can hit me, you can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at Black ENL three. I've been I've been interacting this past week, so I've been getting a lot of feedback. Yeah. People see me on there, so it's been cool, and I'm going to keep that going. Yeah, yeah. Please do, Black. Don't have your boy out there drowning out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, also, man, y'all can catch us on uh, Reduce Lunch Sports on the Instagram. Y'all can hit us up there, kind of interact with us, man. So uh, again, we just appreciate all the support and everything you guys uh, have been doing for us, man. So again, this has been episode 33 of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. We'll see you in a couple of days for episode 34. And also, we will be dropping the special edition episode covering all Florida State, new head coach, new coaching staff, recruits, what we're hearing in the streets from Twitter and everything. That episode will be coming. So we'll check y'all out later, and y'all be easy out there. Yeah. The thing was froze. I, that's what I was like. Why it's froze black. like that, bro? Black, we still recording. Black, it ain't froze. No, man. I'm saying the little lines usually stop and go when you. Yeah, man. You know what happened? Ain't nothing happened. Just a computer, man. But we can't oh. get him out. We can't get him out of here, man. With, with my little thing, man. Yeah, we can't get him out of here. We still recording, black. Oh, Let me in.